My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 41 of the Adventure Games podcast. I hope everyone is well. This week I am joined by Vance Barron of Standoff Software. And this was a really interesting interview. Vance spoke to me about his games, which include Novelist Simulator, where you have to finish your book but keep your sanity at the same time. He also spoke about his mystery games, which he wrote and developed on Second Life. And he also spoke about his comedy fantasy series involving poltergeists and unicorns. And the intriguing thing about these games is that they're all point-and-click adventures, but each game has also a different genre as well. So they have elements of different genres, such as a stealth game or an action game or a platformer. So we spoke in detail about those as well. So I think people will like it. So uh, please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining for another episode of the Adventure Games podcast. I hope everyone is well. And this week, I am delighted to be joined by Vance Barron from Standoff Software. Hello, Vance. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am very good. It's uh, Sunday morning over here in Ireland, but uh, you're in Korea at the moment, I believe. So I believe it's, I am. it's evening there yes, now. Yes, yep. yep, the Mer- sun went down. <laughs> yeah, well, in Ireland, the sun went down a long time ago, so... <laughs> uh-huh. But hopefully we'll see it again soon before the winter sets in. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so you are the, well, from Standoff Software and you have done a lot of stuff. And we'll talk about the game that you have made. In particular, you've made a trilogy now that's available on Steam. So we'll be talking about Unicorn Dungeon, Poltergeist Treasure and Leprechaun Shadow, which I'm particularly interested in as an Irishman. <laughs> and But first of all, just to get started just to get the what people tell me is the most difficult question out of the way just uh wonder if you could tell us what your favorite adventure games are so go you have 10 seconds <laughs> 10 seconds oh geez. I just, I just... I, you can get a, i can give you a little bit more longer <laughs> um so, uh, so definitely the the space quest series is the the one of the biggest um, of my favorites um, from back in the day. Space Quest, um, all of those old Sierra games. Uh, Space Quest, uh, Leisure Suit Larry, King's Quest to some extent. Quest for Glory was a really big um, influence, a really a really big favorite of mine. Um, some recent ones, Lamplight City, I liked. Um, and yeah, I guess that's a list. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely some really good games there. So, so you're definitely a Sierra person then. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm on the Sierra side of the fence. <laughs> I I haven't played a lot of the LucasArts games. Um, to to be completely honest. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I mean I know we still like twenty thirty years later. I still see 
some forum thread that say, so do you prefer Sierra or LucasArts? And yeah. it's, I, I mean, for me, I grew up playing the LucasArts games, but I did play most of the, at least the main Sierra games later. And I did like them like yourself, the, you know, Space Quest games and the Leader Suit Larry and everything. Uh, do you have any particular games within the series that are your favorites or do you like them all? I really like the earlier Space Quest games. The later ones were okay. It kind of took a different tone a little bit after, well, after three, but especially after four. Mm. Uh, but the the first three Space Quest games, I think, are just uh, masterpiece masterpiece games. So I would say, um, yeah, that that first. That first three Space Quest games are my favorite in that series. Um, Leisure Suit Larry, I didn't. I mean, I played through quite a bit of them, but uh, that wasn't really ever one of my top ones. I threw that out there, but I guess that I can't say for sure. I'm maybe the first one. That's uh, probably the first one that it got. I don't know. After the first one, it just kind of was more of the same a little bit of Leisure Suit Larry the same joke over and over but it's it, you know they're well-designed games um quest for glory was was one um and i don't know i can't say a particular one see i i think this question is hard for me because i think of games in terms of series rather than individual games right in fact in fact so much so that i pretty much hands down refuse to play a game later in a series if I haven't played the ones before it. So if there's if I want to play super great game number three, then the first thing I do is I get super great game number one, and then number two, and then eventually number three. I I never start in the middle of a series. And so I don't think of individual games as much. And I can, you know, I could talk about this game or that game within a series um, being better or worse, but I really, I really think in terms of series a lot. Um, I like the the continuing story and the development throughout a series. So it's it's a little bit hard for me to say. Well, I really like this game, but I I guess it's Space Quest. Well, Space Quest Four was was also really good. I said the first three, but Four was also really good. I quite like Four. After Four, they got a little. I don't know, downhill a little bit. Right, yeah. I can't remember the, the later ones too much, but I, I definitely do remember enjoying the, the game, apart from the fact that in the first game, I died in the first five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I yeah, just, yeah. I think Good I just it. went left, and I think it was the invader uh, killed me. So I was like, okay. And it, I think that may have been my first Sierra game. So now I kind of knew what to expect because I did know that you die a lot in the Sierra games, but this was a real wake up call. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but uh, now it's still very, very funny even wh- when you die. So. Right. That's kind of what Sierra is known for is just killing I, you a lot and being funny about it. Exactly. Oh, no, wait. No, my, my first Sierra game was Gabriel Knight. Three actually, oh, and spe- yeah, speaking of series, yeah, I played it through because I just I didn't know that it was a series, and I was well young at the time. I think I was a teenager, and I saw Gabriel Knight in the store, and I picked it up, and I played it, and I loved it, and then I realized it was the third one, so I was a little bit confused, and then I went back and played the first two, 
I was the same with Monkey Island. I played The Curse of Monkey Island with the Monkey Island 3 first. And then I I don't know if I played the fourth one then or the first two. But mm-hmm. um, no, I do agree with you in general. I do prefer to play series of games, uh, you know, one after the other, like from the beginning. Because I can imagine like something like Telltale Games starting with the fourth episode <laughs> might be a little oh, bit confusing. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but that's a, little, that's a little different because those are sure. actual episodes. They're not standalone games. Well, sure. You know, Space Quest 3 is a standalone game. You don't necessarily need to know what happened before, but I like having that context. It's really satisfying to me when games continue a story and you can kind of live that character's life through multiple games. So that's why, um, like when I, you know, when I played the Blackwell series, um, I just went and bought every single one of them. I forget which one had just come out when I discovered that series, but uh, when I when I did, I went and I just bought the whole series and played from one on because I want to I want to know. From the beginning, what happens, right? Exactly. I think that's the best way to play those games in particular, because the first game, you find out the origins of, you know, Joey and uh, Rosangela, you know, how they first met, shall we say, and God, that sounds like a rom-com, but (laughs) (laughs) how Joey met Rosa, (laughs) and that, you know, goes from there. Although, I suppose you could theoretically play the second game, first as well since it's a prequel but yeah I, I i'm the same i prefer to play the first game as released chronologically uh if i can um which i try to do now so um so now going on to to your career to to yourself um as we mentioned you're the well you're the head of standoff software i am uh, the lead designer programmer everything developer <laughs> yeah uh, I'm not the current owner of the company. I used to be the owner. Oh, really? Of the okay. Not anymore. Okay. So, did that uh, give you some more free time to work on the games? Oh, not at all. Oh. I, I mean, it, oh, more free time to work on the game. Oh, yeah, I'm working on oh. the game constantly. It doesn't give me any free time outside of working on the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, um, so I was wondering if you could let us know when you first started uh, making the games, when you came, when you founded the studio, or when you started working for the studio. Um, so I started Standoff Software in the late '90s, and I made a few games. I've made, you know, several games. Um, the first one I made. I was actually a, a text adventure in like maybe 1996. So it's the very first standoff software game. And it was a text adventure in a cave and it had a bunch of very lewd humor in it that I, I shouldn't say on the, on the, in public. Yeah. So, I mean, and that one, you know, just kind of, put on the internet for free and uh, made a couple more games in the 90s. Um, I made a, a multiplayer uh, MUD, which is not an adventure game, but close to an adventure game. I mean, it's kind of, you know, MUDs are sort of like multiplayer uh, text adventures, right? So, so, sorry, could you explain what MUDs are for people who oh. might not know? Oh, right. A MUD. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the first um, I've heard of it. Right, so MUD stands for Multi-User Dungeon. Um, the first one right, was made yeah. in 
77 by um, uh, Richard Bartle and Roy Trubshaw, and it was named Mud. They just, that was the name. And so the whole genre got its name from the name of the very first game. So that game was called Mud. And so all the games after it that um, kind of copy that formula are called MUDs. And they're just, they're basically text adventures. Uh, you used to play them over Telnet back in the day. And uh, you move around and solve puzzles and that kind of thing as in a text adventure, except there are other players there and you can fight them and talk to them and uh, interact with these other players in this text adventure. Well, it sounds very interesting, actually. I've never heard of that. Oh, no, yeah, I love it. I, I got really into those uh, in the 90s. Wow, okay, no, that sounds great. Are they still popular now, do you know? They, there's, they still exist. I don't know how popular they are, to tell you the truth. I haven't played one in quite some time. They do still exist. They're still around. In fact, the original MUD, if you go to, I think, MUD1.com or something like that is the website for it. It's still up on a server somewhere running. Okay, a ported check it version. Out. Yeah, it's a ported version, obviously. It's not running on an old deck computer like the 1977 version was. <laughs> right, okay, because it sounds like uh, from what... I understand it could like it could be more sociable as well when you speak or talk to tech oh, yeah. with other people, you know, right. real no, people. <laughs> yeah, you 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 go out on an adventure. It's sort of like uh, most of them are, but not all of them. But a lot of them, especially the earlier ones, are a hybrid of a sort of uh, RPG. So you fight monsters and get experience and that kind of thing. And an adventure game where you solve puzzles and that kind of thing. And you do it all with, you know, in a world with other people. And you can collaborate with the other people. or um, and, and the really good ones have puzzles that you need to collaborate on. So one, one player would need to do something while another player is doing something else simultaneously in order to uh, solve the puzzle. Well, that sounds and, really, that sounds really yeah. interesting. Because... Yeah. Um, you know, I I was thinking that uh, you know adventure games, multiplayer adventure games, is kind of like a new thing. But apparently, it's, well, I know it's not really an adventure game, but it seems to be around since the seventies, so it's not, oh, yeah. not that new. <laughs> In text form, yeah, Gra graphically, sure, yeah. they haven't uh, there haven't been a ton of them. No, um, once adventure games went graphic, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the original creators of it were inspired by. Um, by Zork, I believe, or Colossal Cave Adventure. I don't know, one of those two. I don't, was Zork out in the 77? In, I in am any not case. Sure. I I know there are people probably screaming at <laughs> saying, yeah. I, know, I know when it's out, but I know Zork was definitely out in the 80s, but I'm not sure about the 70s. But I think Colossal Cave Adventure was. That was the, the, by the, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, so they they took direct inspiration from the text adventures that were out at the time, like Colossal Cave Adventures and probably sure. Zork, um, okay. when they made it. So it's very similar to those. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll have to check it out then. So 
Um, so yeah, so that's when so you started off in the nineties, and it, it, thankfully you're still working on adventure games now. You're yes, uh, yes. still working uh, now. So now before we get to your main adventure games, which are on Steam, I see on your website that you've made some other adventure games or other games at least. And the first one that I wanted to ask you about is one that struck my interest. It's called Novelist Simulator because. As I mentioned to you before the, um, before we started recording, I've always wanted to try my hand at being a novelist, but um, so w- would this game help me maybe, or would it maybe turn me off being a novelist? <laughs> it, it's probably more likely to turn you off to being a novelist. <laughs> uh, so this game is not an adventure game. It is a uh, sort of a simulation game. You manage your needs and there's there's not a lot of writing that you do, so you're a novelist in the game. You're the protagonist is a novelist, and you have to finish your novel within I, I forget what it is, sixty days or something like that. Yes, it says you're sixty days. Yeah, and so, but you, but in order to do that, you have to manage all of the other things in your life, which is actually the bulk of the game. <laughs> so you have to finish this novel, but also you have to figure out a way to eat food, sleep regular hours, socialize with people so you don't get completely depressed and insane. All of this kind of other life stuff that you have to manage so that you can keep your happiness bar filled because the happier you are the more progress you make on your novel so you can you have to divide your time between all of these activities you can choose to just sit there and click repeatedly on the computer and say write novel and then you'll write for some time and time will pass there's a clock on the wall it'll show time passing and then you'll write 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 but if you just keep doing that and you don't eat food or sleep or anything like that you'll just get less and less and less productive and sink into depression and not be able to work at all. So you can't, you can't play the game like that. So you have to uh, manage all of these other things. And um, of course you have booze and if you drink booze, it increases your happiness and productivity for a little while, but it has the downside of that you have to continue drinking booze and it has less and less of an effect over time if you continue to rely on that. So after a while, you have built up such a tolerance on booze that it's having a more negative effect than a positive effect. So you have to use that sparingly. Uh, so it's all, it's, it's like management, time management kind of, yeah, right. that, that, kind of, that kind of game. Right, yeah, no, I think I can kind of relate because you could name it, you know, Podcaster Simulator or Adventure Game Developer Simulator. Right, no, exactly, exactly. Many people can relate. Yeah, and I mean, it is kind of, I'm not a novelist, so it is very much drawn on my experiences as a game developer, and it really could be any, you know, passionate creative endeavor simulator, artist simulator um, anything, right? I just chose uh, novelist for the for this um, this one. Right, but it it sounds very interesting because you know I, I think most of us can kind of relate. Whatever we do, you know, my case doing the podcast, well, I'm doing the podcast and playing adventure games as well, and then 
you know, while I really enjoy doing both, you know, life gets in the way as well that you have to, you know, do the, you know, the day job, you have to meet people, do other things as well, you know, spend time with family. <laughs> That's, um, and you, you can't be on your own all the time because then you become, you know, lonely and just, you know, as, as it says, you sink into depression and that. And then even if you drink beer, then that causes all host of problems. <laughs> yeah. So, um, did, uh, did people ever tell you that if, if the game helped them kind of, can it, can it help you like manage your time in real life as well? Or, um, it, or no, it, it's, it more, worse? It, 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 it's, it's more likely to just make you really depressed. <laughs> <laughs> now, the game, the game is very difficult. It has a high difficulty level. It is very, very difficult to complete that game. So most people's experiences are just utter failure and sinking into an alcoholic, depressive state um, when they play like the game. like real life then. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are multiple different strategies. I made sure um, to test that there are at least three distinct strategies that I have tested that will get you to the end of the game. Um, but it is... It's very difficult. It's one of those games that requires a large amount of trial and error and observation of effects and, okay, what does this do for me? How much did this help me? And you have to be really careful about observing the exact consequences of your choices of how to manage your time. And so you're, ne you're never, ever going to win the first time. So... You play the first time and then you uh, fail and die of depression. You can't die in the game, actually, but you you can get into such a bad situation that it's just literally impossible. So you just quit and restart. Um, and and it's kind of one of those games where you just try over again. If a successful run only takes about an hour, but I mean, if you're doing it perfectly, but it's going to take a lot more than that. Uh, because you're going to fail more often than not before you actually figure out how to get to the the ending. Right, and but it, it is possible to succeed in the game. Oh, so sure, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there are at least three different distinct strategies that I have tried that, uh, that I have won the game with. Okay, so sound, sounds good. So, and that is, I see it's available on itch.io. It is indeed, and it is free, isn't it? Yes, I believe it's free. So if you want to, I uh, see in the in the page it says if you want to become lonely, stressed, and sink into depression as the deadline looms ever closer, <laughs> then you can check out <laughs> Novelist Simulator. So you can find out what it's like to be a novelist, aka venture game developer, aka podcaster, <laughs> or right? Whatever, whatever creative uh, thing you do. <laughs> it's, no, I think I'll, I think I'll try it out. Um, because if, you know, if I do become an alcoholic, it's better if I do it through like, uh, like a game in a game <laughs> right. rather than in real life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, okay. So then I believe the next thing that I don't know if these are the same as well, but you have also made some games in second life. I believe now. Before we talk about these games, I wonder if you could just explain to some people what Second Life actually is. Uh, and then we can talk about the game that you made within Second Life. Uh, sure. If <laughs> right. Um, so Second Life is um, a 
multi-user simulated world um, that, uh, when was it made? Like 2007, maybe? Maybe before, no, no, before that. 2005? I'm not sure. Something like that. 2004, 2005? Maybe even before that. But yeah, it was um, just a revolution. Um, I don't know how old you are, but it was a sensation. It was all over the news for quite a while. People, when it first came out, people thought, well, this is the future of the internet. This is the way people are going to use the internet from now on. Um, is what a lot of people were saying about it. It really, you know, there was all over the news and articles about it. And it, a really interesting concept that I, no one has really successfully done anything like it since. It's just, it's a completely simulated um, world that you have a character and there's no goals. You make your own goals. You can build things. Everything in the world is made by, um, made by users. There's nothing that's made by the company. It, the company just provides this world and you build houses and you can rent them out to people and build things and sell them to other people in the world, obviously for in-game money, which you can buy with real money. So there's an exchange. You can, you can buy their money and, you know, get things in the game and, the, and you can cash it out as well. So yeah, there are people, there are people in the 2000s um, when, you know, a few years after it came out, very widely publicized people who became millionaires, probably hundreds of millionaires um, through making and building and selling things in Second Life. Yeah, I mean, I'm old enough to remember Second Life when it first came out. I've, I've never yeah. actually tried it. I've never used it. But I, I have heard about it, and uh, the first time I've heard about people becoming millionaires from Second Life. So now I'm thinking, oh, yeah. maybe I should have used that. Maybe I should have. <laughs> maybe I should have uh, used that simulation. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that boat has sailed at this point. Yeah, if, if, if it were if it were 2005, you'd mm -hmm. have it shot. But <laughs> yeah, I could. Well, if there's ever a time machine, maybe go back and try my hand at Second Life to give myself a Second Life at uh, ma yeah. making lots and lots of money. <laughs> yeah. uh, is Second Life, does that still exist? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it still exists. There's still lots of users. If you log on right now, there you can find places that are just packed with people. You can also find a lot of places that are empty. It's a huge world. There mm. are, I think, five different continents um, and then there are a bunch of islands that that are off of the regular continents, just uh, just a whole ton of space. And so a, a lot of people's experiences when they go there for the first time is they don't know what to do. There, right. There's no there's no goal of what to do. And so they end up walking around and saying, well, this is just a world that's devoid of people. There's nothing here. There's no one here. Well, I mean, there's thing. There's not nothing here. There's tons and tons of things, but there's no people. They don't see people because they don't know where to go, where the people are. They haven't figured out. And it, Second Life does a pretty bad job in general of kind of directing new players of how to do anything. So... Um, yeah, so there's there's really there's really a, a vibrant user base to to this day for sure. 
Um, you'll find that if you go read things about people writing about Second Life these days, they'll say the opposite of that. They'll say, oh, it's dead. Nothing's going on there anymore. But that's completely not true. Um, I get... I, I make more sales on my Second Life games than, uh, than my other games, by far. Um, oh. I, I get, you know, several... I get notifications, obviously, when whenever people buy the game. So I'm I'm constantly like every day is going in and and deleting a bunch of these notifications of selling the Second Life games. Wow! So, yeah, there's there are lots of people there. Wow, that's very interesting. And uh, so then you mentioned, do you just walk around in the game? You mentioned the world is huge. Do you, just walk around into in Second Life, or can you travel using any vehicles or anything, or any uh, fast there travel are, or anything? Oh, there, there's fast travel. There's teleportation. You can teleport anything anywhere you want at any time. Okay. So, yeah, but there are also vehicles for people who just like vehicles. You can drive a car around. I like doing that. Riding a motorcycle around in Second Life was kind of fun because you can ride you can ride in places in ways that are not really um, advisable in real life, like speeding along. Uh, cliffs and <laughs> and whatnot and <laughs> kind of thing. So, so you but, can do things in the second life that you really shouldn't do in real life, in the first life. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Right, oh yes, going to speed along the edge of this cliff now. <laughs> yeah. But um, as, as for what there is to do, um, it's all completely dependent on what people make. So I made a series of adventure games there. It's not an adventure game um it's not an adventure game world, but there's a scripting language, a programming language, a scripting language that you can use to make your own things in Second Life. And that's what the whole thing is about. So I made adventure games. So I had sure. to make the HUD and all of that kind of stuff, the inventory screen and all of that, that just overlays over top of second life as you're playing my game and you walk around in an actual place in second life that i made for the games it's called lutra city hence the games are called the lutra city mysteries you're a detective solving crimes in lutra city and so i i created there's no framework for making games in in, in second life there's just you know a way to make anything so i decided to make games okay so so you've made these games, Lutra City Mysteries, in Second Life. So for a player, if anyone were to play these games, they would have to log into or create an account for Second Life and then uh, play these games. Um, so do they pay for the games then through Second Life? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you use the Second Life currency, which is called the Linden Dollar. Uh, there, okay. are, there are two free games, if you go there. Um, there, the free games are much shorter than the full-length games. Um, so there's a, the trilogy of of games, but there are also two games that are free and a little shorter, uh, well, quite a bit shorter than the other games. Okay, so they would help you get set up, you know, know the uh, well, the mechanics and the controls and how how it would work. Because I'm sure right. for a lot of oh, people, yep. it might be new experience playing a game within Second Life, so these games could, could help then, I imagine. Yeah, there's a tutorial game as well. 
So I guess there are three free games if you want to count the tutorial game, but the tutorial game is just a tutorial. It's just how to play these games. But I mean, it does have, it, it, you know, it's like the tutorial's plot is you um, applying to be a detective at the detective agency. Um, but, you know, it's really just a tutorial. It, ex it takes you through all the possible actions that you can do in the game and how to do them. It's no okay. mystery to solve there or anything. Okay, well, that's handy at least. Cause myself, I've, while I've heard of Second Life, I've never actually used it, so that'd be really useful. So once you create an account for Second Life, then first of all, is it free to create an account for Second Life? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so then once you create an account for Second Life and you're dropped into this world, is it easy to find your games in Second Life? Yeah, if you know where they are, just search for <laughs> Lutra City. Okay, so you can still search Lutra City, and then you go there, and then you have these cases? Yeah, so you'll get into the city, you'll teleport into the city, and there's a detective agency called the French and Horn Detective Agency. Uh, you just walk in there, and they have a bulletin board of cases, and you uh, can click on the cases to play if they're free or to uh, buy them if they're, if they're not. Okay, and then as we mentioned that you use real money to pay for the currency in Second right. Life. Okay. Right. Yeah, no, just want to give as much detail as possible for anyone else who might want to try it out. Sure. Um, yeah, you know uh, Space Quest Historian? Yes. Him? I mean, I, yeah, don't, yeah. I, I, I know of him. Yeah, so he, he played my games in Second Life. He has a video up of him and his oh, crew check it out. playing my Second Life games. Yeah, no, he's, I know he's, uh, he does streaming as well, so... Oh, that could that'd be interesting to check it out. So yeah, I was very surprised when I got the notifications because <laughs> I get notifications of everybody who plays my games, and I got notifications. I'm like Space Quest historian, <laughs> <laughs> really? And so I like I I wrote him a message. I said, "Hey, did you play my games?" He's like, yeah, and so he's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's because he has a lot of uh, you know followers as well. So I, I imagine that that may have helped uh, you people get to get to know your game i imagine or your games well i mean i would hope so uh, it's there's not a lot of crossover unfortunately oh, i okay. found that there's really just like for some reason the people in second life they love playing my games in fact i keep getting messages from people saying when's the next game going to come out well i mean i the, the last game came out two years ago um and i We'll probably make another game in Second Life at some point, but I, you know, I've been working on these other things, the the more recent trilogy that's on Steam. So I haven't made a game in Second Life for over two years, but I still am getting messages from people saying, "Hey, I love these games. When's the next one coming out?" Um, but those people, I send them links to my Steam games, and I say, "Hey, this is what I'm working on now, making a game in Second Life." At some point, but uh, if you want to check this out, no one, no one ever does. They don't cross over, and I, I think, and I find the other way is true too. Most of the time, although Space Space Quest Historian did, but most of the time, non Second Life people don't tend to go into Second Life to play the game. So it's, uh, it's they're two kind of very compartmentalized um, sections that right, don't yes. that cross over to each other. Yeah, two, sounds like they're two separate audiences. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, they you know? really are. Yeah. So you just 
just have to figure out how to get to Tudor and cross over. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought at first, back when I was all naive uh, about everything two years ago, I'm much wiser now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, so I thought that they would cross over. So I, you know, advertised, I sent out notices in my group. There's, you know, a group for the games that I have in Second Life that people subscribe to and it's you know, thousands of people in there. And so I, I sent out notices about the new games and just, I didn't get any response from the second life people about, about the, uh, the steam games. So I kind of gave up on that Avenue and just, all right, you're second life people and you're real life people. And I guess <laughs> that's the way it's going to stay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the people who play your games Second Life, maybe they just want games within Second Life. That that's what they're interested in. But sure, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and has it? Have you tried doing it the other way? Have you tried letting people know who play your games on on Steam and you know itch.io as well in in our first life in our real life? Have you told them about your games in Second Life and uh, have you tried getting them to play those games? I have to certain so to some extent. I occasionally will send out uh, tweets on Twitter about the Lutra City Mystery Games in Second Life um, and things like that. I haven't seen a big response. I, I think it's a barrier to people when they have to you know, sign up for this other thing that they're not particularly interested in just to go play my games. That seems to be that people don't want to do that, even though it's free. Right, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it seems like maybe a lot of work or whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's easy enough, but yeah, yeah no, I, I, I can imagine. Um, so, okay, well, you have, as uh, we discussed there, Lutra City Mysteries on Second Life. And so they're detective games, and are they similar to, you know, adventure games that we normally play, you know, in our first life, or are there any oh, differences? Oh, sure. um, they're as close to those games as I could possibly get them. There are some limitations that Second Life, making a Second Life game imposes. Um, so I think I have some creative workarounds for those limitations, but uh, no, I think you'll find it to be very familiar. Um, there's, you know, there's an inventory screen, there are interact icons, interact, look, um, what else can you do? I know there's interact and look. I thought there was maybe another one that I had in there too. But so, do you talk uh, to any other characters, or is that yes. automatic? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. There are NPCs that stand around town, and you go and talk to them. Yep, that's a big part of the games. Yeah. Okay, and then there are puzzles within the game. I imagine. Oh, or... yeah. yeah, it's it's very very much a traditional adventure game, just within Second Life. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, I'd, you know, ch check it out myself when I have the time, or at the very least, uh, we can recommend to people check out a Space Quest historian stream of the game. Um, yeah, he, he only played, I think, one of the free games. I don't know if he played the, both of them. Maybe he played both of them. I can't remember. He didn't actually get the um, the paid games. I offered to him. I said, hey, I can 
I can give you those games if you're interested in playing them. He said, I think I've had enough of Second Life. Because <laughs> after he played my games, I watched his stream. After he played my games, then he got into all the, like, the sex areas and, and it got all crazy. <laughs> so said, I, I've had enough of Second Life for, for now. <laughs> okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, I mean, this whole thing, second life, seems fascinating, but again, for, for me, it just seems like the time because I don't have enough time for things I want to do in my own life. But definitely, second life, from what I've heard, sounds very interesting. So, I'll definitely try uh, some, of, some of the games in the near future. And, um, and yeah, see if we can get you know more people to at least try, try it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, go in but, there, there's two, two free games, and the games, the paid games are very, very inexpensive. Right. Like a dollar each. Okay, so, so they won't be hopefully breaking the bank. <laughs> right, yeah. Right, okay. Um, okay, so that's Lutra City Mysteries on Second Life. Now, from what I understand, you're also making Lutra City Mysteries for, uh, for Windows and Linux as well. Are are they the same games from Second Life that you are now making on Windows and Linux, or what can you tell us about those games? Um, so first of all, I'll say that those games are shelved for the moment. Um, okay. They're not in active development. Um, so after a pretty large amount of success with the Second Life games, after I originally made them, I decided, okay, I'm gonna bring this over into sort of real life gaming, um, which is going to give me a lot more possibilities than, than the uh, strict limitations of Second Life. And so the first thing I did is I put up a Kickstarter for it and that failed. And so then I put it on Steam Greenlight, which was back when that existed. And it did get greenlit so it's a greenlit game that doesn't matter anymore because green light went away but uh i don't have to pay a hundred dollars though if i want to put it on steam it's already you know the the game already exists in my steam dashboard so i can make the game at any point and just upload it and it'll be available but um anyway so i made I did that. It got greenlit. I forgot what your exact question was. Now, so yeah, so yeah, so it's um, oh, yeah. Well, what, what can you tell us about the game? And is it uh, is it the same as the mysteries or the games in Second Life? Oh, or right, they, right. Are they, are they, is it yeah. a new game? So it is very much based on the plot of the three games that are in Second Life. There are some differences that I have planned for it when I do get around to making it. But um, it roughly follows the plot of the um, of the Second Life trilogy. Roughly. Okay, this is this is one game, is it? Luch um, yeah, Lutra right. City Mysteries for Windows and Linux. When when it is out, it's so it's based on the trilogy, but it's one game. Right. Uh, okay. It might yeah. be. Okay. Might be. <laughs> I, like I said, that that game's kind of on the shelf at the moment. Whatever happens with it is in the far future so i really can't say what would happen um when or if i get around to it because i i have so many other things i'm doing at the moment i've got other games planned 
And this trilogy, I mean, this series that I'm still working on, there are three games out. There are more games planned in this series that I'm currently working on, as well as other games that have nothing to do with it. So um, it's kind of one of those things where we'll see if that game ever happens. I It might or it might not at this point. Okay, well, well, from my point of view, it seems very interesting to me. I mean, I'm a sucker for noir and for detective uh, mystery, well, book games and films and books. So I personally would hope that you do put it out there, but I do understand that you're very busy. So, uh, but people can check out if if people wanted this game to be to be out. Um, is there anywhere that they could? Oh, and we can do your contact information afterwards, but if they message you on Twitter or whatever... Yeah, send uh, me a message on Twitter. That'd be the if, easiest way. Yeah, if yeah shoot me a message to, Okay. Twitter. I mean, okay. If, if, there's, if there's a bunch of demand for it, then sure, it'll get moved to the top of the pile. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, you, you heard them there, guys. If you... Uh, if you want this game to be out, then bombard Vance with messages on Twitter. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not bombard, no, it, but... <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a game that I really do like. Um, so the concept behind it, uh, not so much the in-game... The Second Life games have a little bit of a silly bent to them. Not too much, but a little bit. Um, a little bit of that. Um, but I was I was going to go just completely straight with the the standalone games um my idea was to make like a real actual uh classic film noir style game not a parody there are a lot of film noir sort of parody games out there i think most games that call themselves film noir fall more into the film noir parody most of them than than real film noir my my idea for this game is to make make it as if you are actually a character in a 1940s film noir uh okay. which, which i don't i don't think that anyone that i can think of is really really done right that really makes you feel like you are in a 1940s film noir a lot of them are just very kind of noir stylized or parodies or that kind of thing um but i'm i'm t- i'm talking about really sticking to those film noir conventions from the 40s uh when making this game very strictly adhering to that right yeah from from what i know and i could be wrong but i think the closest to film noir adventure games are uh, you know, with animals instead of humans. Like Backbone is one game, and there, there yeah. are others as well that I can't think of, but I think some of them seem to be more parodies, although I think Backbone, from what I've played of it, I played a demo, it seems to be serious. But, um, but yeah, well, best of luck with this game, but at least you are working on other games. So that's Lutra City Mysteries, and if people want you to... to finish this game and release it, then we can contact you on Twitter and we'll find out more about that later. But you mentioned other games that you're working on. So you mentioned that you're working on a trilogy that is out now on Steam, at least, I believe, and I don't know if uh, other places... Steam and Itch. Okay. So this uh, this I found very curious as well. So there are three games, Unicorn Dungeon, Poltergeist Treasure, and Leprechaun Shadow. Uh, What... First of all, what can you tell us about Unicorn Dungeon? Uh, what can you tell us about uh, you know the plot and the setup and the setting of this game? You're a knight 
named Sir Typhle of Croilor, and the king is dying, and he has no heir, so he says, he tells his knights that if you find a unicorn and bring it to the castle, then you will be the king. The first person who can do that will be the next king after I die. And so you're one of these knights who sets out to find a unicorn. And uh, so in Unicorn Dungeon, you have found yourself in a dungeon, and there is a unicorn there. And so you have to uh, figure out how to capture and bring this unicorn out of the dungeon. That's that game. <laughs> it's Okay. So I, I imagine it's an ultra serious point and click adventure game. Oh yeah. Yes. Discuss, very 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 serious tone. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I mean how hard can it be to find a unicorn, you know, out of all the quests you can get <laughs> by finding a mythological creature? I mean, yeah, but luckily for you it's right there beside you in a dungeon, you know, of all the places. Yeah, um, that's one of the big jokes of of that game is that you're you're out on a quest to find a unicorn, and then you you get there, and oh, there's a unicorn right here. But then you have to figure out how to actually capture it and get it out of the dungeon. It's so close; you can nearly <laughs> touch it. <laughs> but, <laughs> and so, where did you come up with the idea for this game, or for this series of games? My my really absurd brain just came up with it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really just one of those things that I just came up with suddenly and I didn't think it was going to be anything really special I said okay this is just something really really bizarre that I can work on for a little while until I work on something else right so I, it wasn't even going to be a series really the first game uh, it turned into a series after I started working on the first game but really, it was just like, I just kind of had the scenario just built itself in my mind to such an extent so vividly that I just thought I might as well make it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And and then the game obviously became successful because you then made a second game called Poltergeist Treasure. So. Yes. Um, so, like, first game, I imagine that this deals with treasure from a poltergeist? Is that... Yeah, so the poltergeist is uh, looking for the lost treasure, but can't find it, um, or has been, you know, for some time. I won't, I'll try not to give away any spoilers. Spoiler, sure, yeah. It's kind of a, a mystery, but I mean, at least that much is is told to you at the very start of the game. So, you know, this... There's a ghost in the woods who haunts the woods looking for treasure. And he won't let anyone, anyone who comes into the forest, he won't let them leave. You can't get out of the forest because he wants you to help him find this treasure. And uh, if you find the treasure, then the poltergeist will release everyone from the forest. And so uh, Sir Typhle, after he gets out of the dungeon with the unicorn... He happens into this forest and is trapped there. <coughs> so, and he can't get a unicorn back to the castle if he's trapped in a forest. So, he has to take it upon himself to solve that predicament that he's in. 
He sounds like a very unlucky character. You know, first of all, he ends up in a dungeon with the unicorn right next to him. He says, look, you're unlucky about that. But then once he manages to get out of the dungeon, he ends up in a haunted forest. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, his, his quest isn't going as smoothly as he had imagined. <laughs> yeah, who would have known to find a unicorn and then you end up uh, searching for treasure for poltergeist? <laughs> right. So, um, okay, now before we get to the gameplay, then we can talk very briefly with the setup for uh, Leprechaun Shadow then. So, um, I don't know if you can talk very much about the story of, of this. Um, I mentioned if you want to, to avoid spoilers as well, but the latest game, which was released very recently, I believe this, well, in September uh, 2019. Yeah, um, yeah, so less than a month ago. Yeah. Uh, yes, so at the time of uh, recording. Um, so again, like the others, what, what can you tell us? There, are, are there many leprechauns in this game? <laughs> um, no, there's there are not very many leprechauns in this game, no. Uh, <laughs> there is at most one leprechaun in this game. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I mean, they, they can be quite devious. They can be quite difficult to catch. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the thing. Is oh. that you're, you're trying to you're trying to track down the leprechaun, but um, it's not very easy to do um, because oh. the uh, the leprechaun has been killing people, so it's probably the best to uh, to apprehend him. But it's very difficult to find out where he is hiding. Okay, and, and you're sure it's not an Irish person dressed as a leprechaun? <laughs> Could <laughs> it, be it me might there. Be, it, might, it might be just a very short Irish person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in this game you have to search for you know leprechauns. So I, I see in, in this game that you have to interrogate witnesses and search for clues and solve puzzles. So is this more like a would you say it could be like a detective game then, or would it? It is very much a detective theme of game yes in fact it's a it's sort of a noir theme of game okay so this is like the you know lutra city mystery but with leprechauns <laughs> a little bit yeah it's obviously a lot more silly than lutra right city yeah mystery. it's very absurd and silly and off the wall and ridiculous right but, okay but yeah as you can tell i like film noir so i keep going back to it but uh <laughs> Yes, it sounds so, interesting because it's uh, it sounds like it's film noir kind of meets absurdist fantasy. So yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, it's 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 film noir in a very very silly fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, I don't think there's any other game that I've heard like it. So at least it's unique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, and okay, so that's at least uh, the plot or the setting of all of those games. Obviously, we can't talk you know a huge amount because we don't give spoilers but it, it seems as well with the series that uh the story continues on one game from the other would that be correct yeah for the most part um all of the games you could play standalone and mm -hmm. not not miss anything you'll miss a little bit of context right an in-joke here or there that's a callback from a previous game or you know maybe you won't know exactly who some characters are who you met in the previous game, but you don't necessarily have to, right, to solve any of the puzzles or, or really understand the, the scenario of that particular game. Right. So they are standalone games. They're not like Telltale, where the next one, you have to play the previous one or you're just lost, right? It's not like that. 
I guess by overarching story, there is an overarching goal. And the goal is get this unicorn to the castle. But each episode is also really just a self-contained story that is one of the issues that he runs into that is preventing him from achieving his primary goal. Right. Okay. So the, the main primary goal is to bring the, uh, the unicorn back, but then you have all these mysteries and uh, other plots uh, in Pulled the series. The and, and leprechauns that are all in your way. Yeah, yeah. That day in my life, you know, I try to get the <laughs> unicorn and see poltergeist and a particular leprechaun. So, yeah. Um, well, you just go try and go to the end of the rainbow. So, <laughs> and um, sorry, that could be a spoiler. There, you can find a spot of, uh, pot of gold. You <laughs> gave away a puzzle solution. No. Oh. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so that's the, the plot. Now, in terms of gameplay of the games, there's one thing that uh, particularly I find interesting, that while all of these seem to be at least, you know, normal, typical point-and-click adventure games, I'm sure, you know, there are puzzles in that, but from what I see, at least, in each game, there is a section of different genres of games. So... Um, I mean, you can explain this better than I can. So, yeah, what, what can you tell us about this, uh, you know, th- this other genres of games that you've put in these adventure games? Sure, yeah. So they are all hybrid games. There is... So everyone has a uh, large portion of it is a very sort of classic-style point-and-click adventure game with an inventory and talking to people and using inventories on things and collecting things. So a very large portion of every game is that. But each game has its own unique, different style of play that is unique to that game and is also a very substantial portion of the game. Some people come into it thinking that the uh, non-adventure game sections are going to be, you know, just very short things like like the space quest you know writing the the hovercraft puzzle i not puzzle i guess sequence or something and then it'll just be over but no that's they are substantial portions of the games the other gameplay styles so they are true hybrid games maybe about 50 percent of your time will be spent in each game mode and 50% will always be one of them is always the point and click adventure. And then one of them is always a different, different style of game. Um, I really like this. I mean, as a sort of uh, eclectic gamer myself, I like a large variety of different kinds of games, um, not just adventure games. So I think I'm making games that I personally would really love to play and I just uh, kind of count on that there are other people who are similar to me. Right. Um, well, well, it see, seems to be working so far since you've made a series of games. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, 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 the, the, the reaction is one of two things. Almost all the time, the reaction is, is one of two things. Either people just really love the games or they really hate them. <laughs> so kind of divisive then. I imagine, is that because of these other sections, these other genres yeah. that you put in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. Is that Some people are just like, I don't want to 
play some other kind of game in my adventure game. Give me an adventure game, damn it. Um, so it, it's, it's just not going to please um, that, that audience that right. wants nothing but strict, classic-style, by-the-book adventure game. Um, it not not going to um, enjoy the, the other gameplay sections, which are a substantial portion of each game. Right, so you have, in the first game, I can see, is it a roguelike dungeon crawler? Yeah, so it's 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 roguelike in the in the sense that the gameplay is very much like rogue or net hack or something like that. It is not roguelike in that it's procedurally generated. It's not randomly generated. It is the same the same area that that you're in when you go out and go back into that section it's the same as when you were in there before. So it's not, a lot of people, um, you know, quite correctly associate roguelikes with random generation. And of course that is a big part of games like Rogue and NetHack and whatnot is, is replayability because everything is randomly generated every time you go in. That is not the case in this roguelike section, but the gameplay is like Rogue. It's turn-based, Whenever you move, then all the monsters and everything else happens. And if you don't move, nothing happens. So it's, you know, you move in turns, you bump into things to fight them, you pick up potions and whatnot in the dungeon. So it's very much like the gameplay style um, of like a rogue or a net hack, but it's not a procedural generation thing. Okay, so... Uh, you could say slightly easier than like a than a typical roguelike game or a rogue game. Oh well, sure. Um, because like there, when you play rogue, there's no guarantee that the game is even beatable, right? There's so many random elements. Right. You, you could just die through no fault of your own a lot of the time. So I mean, this game I did actually hand design the the dungeon and the creatures and the layout and everything so it, it is 100 percent uh possible to to complete so certainly a lot easier yeah okay that's good possible to Although complete I would, I would say <laughs> yeah i'd say not not particularly easy it's not something you're gonna breeze through you do have to uh you know figure out the way the best way to uh approach things in order to get through that section. So it is, it's very much like a puzzle in itself because there are certain things you're going to need to try to figure out or else you're going to have a very, very hard time getting through that dungeon. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then in the second game, Poltergeist Treasure, as well as the adventure game elements, I see that there is a portion of the game is a top-down stealth game. So oh, it seems pretty self-explanatory, but what can you tell us about that section? Yeah, so... That portion of the game. Yeah, that this is my personal favorite um, of the other gameplay styles of any of the three games so far. When I was testing this, I just had a blast. I loved... Um, I loved the challenge of this section, going through and... and you know, trying to 
trying to get through that. It's it's quite challenging, and I very very much enjoyed this um, when I was when I was making and and playtesting it and whatnot. When I originally okay. made it, it was significantly more difficult than it is right now, and anyone who's played it is going to uh, be really groaning at that because a lot of people think that section is immensely difficult. It used to be even more difficult before release, like before beta testing. So beta testers went in, and uh, they, you know, the beta testers are some skilled gamers, and they managed to actually complete it, you know, in the the harder difficulty that it originally was but i kind of saw at that 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 point that this needs to be a little bit easier and not only did i make the whole thing easier in general but i also added in if you die a certain number of times the game will just offer you hey do you want to switch to easy mode um and then you can just um switch to an easier easier mode that removes a lot of the threats and obstacles in the in that section because some people are just literally incapable of of completing that section they just don't have the spatial reasoning or um you know coordination or whatnot to get through it it just is not possible for them to do so I had to add in, not only did I simplify it all in general, but I had to add in that easy mode so that I wasn't just frustrating people for no reason who just literally couldn't do it. Right. Okay, that was that was nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a nice guy. What can I say? <laughs> and, and so if you die then, uh, do you have to load a previously saved game or do you start back? at a certain point or how, how does that work or is it like sierra the area sierra games that okay so, yeah so there are no manual saves in any of these games it auto saves every single time you go into a different scene different room it auto saves your game oh right so then if you die then you go back to the last time it auto saved right so yeah if you die you just go go back to uh, like in the stealth section whatever whatever uh, area you were in before you walked into the stealth section. Yeah. Okay. And there are there... no points within the stealth section. You have oh, to... Yeah. Okay, so no, so no save games within the stealth section. So you have to do the stealth section in one go? Right, you do... You Well, I mean, so there are... There are different sections of it. So you don't have to do the whole thing at one time. Right. But... Um, so you can go and complete one goal, then go out, save your game, and then go back in, right, and and keep, okay. keep going at it. Yeah. Okay. And what what kind of obstacles can uh, are there in that? Can you or can you tell us, or are they spoilers? Sure. Or? Oh, oh no, I mean there are um, zombies. I have, um, in fact, videos up on YouTube of me okay. going through all of this because I had some requests from people like, how the hell do you even get through here? So I'm, I made YouTube videos. If you go to YouTube and search for poltergeist treasure ruins, you can see me playing through that section to kind of show people what the strategy is to do it. So yeah, no, no spoilers. Cause I've already spoiled it myself in that section. Um, <clears throat> so uh, there are zombies who walk around, looking in front of them and so you have to avoid their gaze there are ravens 
that sit in trees and periodically there's a circle that forms around them. If you're in that circle, you have to not move. Just stay completely still and they won't they won't uh, see you. So you have to uh, do that. And then there are also gargoyles that are stationary, but their vision moves from side to side and you have to avoid their vision as well. And uh, oh, and there are also um, electric magic barriers that you need to not run into because you'll take uh, health damage from doing that as well. So a varied amount of obstacles then. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to say the Sir Typhle really is going through a lot to bring this unicorn back to the castle. <laughs> well, yeah, he really wants to be king. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I, I hope all this is worth it for him. <laughs> And then the last game, then with Leprechaun Shadow, you you mentioned as well that this game that that there are hidden object scenes and a second of the game is a CRPG. So first of all, what can you tell us about the hidden object scenes? Are they like well, presumed they're like typical hidden object games? Yeah. So the hidden object scenes are actually pretty simple. Um, no one's going to have any problem with those. They're just kind of in there for a little bit of a change of pace, right? A little bit of a different sort of gameplay mode for for a short time, but they're not particularly challenging. Um, there's just a few times where you walk into a room or whatnot and you have to search the room, uh, search for something um, or various things. And so I do that in the form of a hidden object game. There's a list of things that you need to find and click on. Um, and so that's, that's the only... It's the only portions of the game that are in first person, and it's just a static camera, you know, like a hidden object game of a room with a lot of crap in it, and you have to just find and click on various objects. But it's it's not at all difficult. Okay, is there a time limit? Because I believe there's some. No, there's not even a time limit. Okay, yeah. good again. Not, <laughs> not even a time limit. It's and in fact, if you if you leave and go back, all the things you found are still found. It's 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 a very <laughs> the sections are very easy. They're just a little bit, you know, to break it up a little bit and provide right. a little bit of different gameplay. But they're they're not remotely challenging. Um, and then another section mentioned is that CRPG. First of all, this might be a stupid question, but what does the C stand for? <laughs> Computer. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, I know RPG, but C. Okay, that makes sense. Um, well, <laughs> what can you tell us about uh, this element and this section? So what can we expect from this section? Yeah, so this is like uh, if you've played Dragon Warrior or, um, or Final Fantasy, that, those kinds of games. This is a game like that. You walk around and periodically random enemy encounters will happen. And in the random enemy encounters, you select fights or fight or skills and for each character. And then the fight plays out and you attack the enemies and the enemies attack you. And then you do it again until one of the two of you are dead. Um, and then you go back to the overworld and you keep on going along your merry way. So it's, it's very much just like uh, like a dragon warrior. You gain skills as you progress. Uh, you get stronger as you progress. And, uh, yeah, so you have to get to various places outside of town, and that's what you travel through to get to it. Okay. That sounds interesting. interesting. So very much like a Final Fantasy, as you mentioned, or a dragon warrior. So... Uh, so again, you have to choose or see to choose which allies to bring along, and each have their own skills. Yeah, Correct. indeed. Yeah. So you, 
So you'll only have the access to two allies at the beginning, but as you play the game, there will be more people that uh, would be willing to accompany you, but you can only have two at one time. So you have to choose, and everyone has different skills. So you can choose, um, like one character does more kind of uh, controlly type things, putting the creatures to sleep, uh, countering their spells, um, that kind of thing. Uh, but that character is also really, really weak at fighting. So you could choose that person to, to take a more controlly tact, or, you know, there's another character who's, you know, more of a healer, or another character who is, has, has skills that really do a lot of damage. So you, you choose kind of your play style as you go through it. Right. Okay. So, so yes, with different, uh, they have different, uh, skills and abilities that you choose which one to bring along that's um okay so that is a leprechaun shadow so that's currently is a trilogy of games as you mentioned unicorn dungeon poltergeist treasure and leprechaun shadow which has just been released uh which so they're all available on steam and are they available on itch.io as well yep they're all on steam and itch and itch. And I think I see is Unicorn Dungeon available on Game Jolt as well? Yes, it is. Yeah, that one. Uh, also, the first two were on Game Jolt. The third one, I opted against it. I decided to simplify my life a little bit and only uh, only put it on uh, the two. The Steam right. and itch. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then you mentioned that you're working on other games in the series. Do you know how many games you plan on making in the series of games? Yep, there's going to be six games. Okay, so we're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, we're halfway there. We're, ne- we're nearly there. So uh, is there anything you could tell us about the next game in the series or future games in the series, or are you still keeping that under wraps? Um, yeah, there's not a lot that I'm, that I'm going to say about it. Um, <laughs> the, the name of the next game is public knowledge it announces it in Leprechaun Shadow. So the name of the next one is going to be called Alien Function. Okay. So um, now, now you have to you put them through aliens as well. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, if that brings anything to the imagination. But I, I think that's pretty much all I'm willing to say at this point. It's still, you know, this game just released. So there's sure, of course, not, yeah. not a lot I want to uh, put out <laughs> about the next game just yet. But it's things are things have been weird so far for Sir Typhle, and things are going to get a lot weirder. <laughs> okay, well, a lot weirder than leprechauns, unicorns, <laughs> and poltergeists, and aliens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's about to it's about to get seriously weird. Well, I mean, personally, I don't know how much more weird it can get, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to find out. Um, and do you have, uh, do you know more or less when the release date for next game might be? Are you still, you're still, well, imagine you're still working on promoting Leprechaun Shadow, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We're, I'm in full promotion mode at sure. the moment, trying to get the word out, which you, you can, you're helping me with with this, so thank yeah, you Yeah, sure, much. well. Well, so everyone check out Leprechaun Shadow then, <laughs> and the other games as well. Yeah. They... And it, if you buy all three of them, there's a bundle on Steam. So if you want to buy all three of them, don't buy them separately. Go to the uh, bundle, you get a discount for buying them all at once. Okay, so you can get all three games in one go as a bundle. Okay, that's uh, I'll be sure to include links 
do that as well. So we're halfway there in this series. Uh, so then, uh, did you, you mentioned as well that you were working on other games as well. Is that correct? Is there anything at all that yeah. you can say or still keeping that under wraps? Yeah, I, I, I would honestly love to because uh, the other project I'm working on is really exciting to me. But I have been told by my boss that I shouldn't. So okay. <laughs> I, I will not say anything about the next game. I will say that it is actually not an adventure game. It, it has some kind of maybe adventure game elements in it, but it is not going to be um, what you would call an adventure game. But it's, it's something that I'm pretty excited about. Okay. Is there like narrative elements at least in a game? Or I don't know if you can say there, no, I, I, I think I can say that much. Um, there is emergent narrative. So Curious. It is, it, it's not scripted. It is um, things naturally happen. It is a game that is about stories, but it's going to be different every single time you play it. Okay, that sounds interesting. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So do, do you... No, or did your boss say more or less when you can uh, talk more about it? Or are you still working on it? Yeah, well, at the moment, we're kind of deciding what our direction is going to be from here. Are we going to, you know, hammer out this next game in the Typhoon series? Or are we going to take a break from that for a bit because we have three games out? You know, it's a trilogy. We make an take a short break from that and work on this other game instead. So because of that, we, you know, we're so busy right now, just marketing Leprechaun shadow, but we have to, we have to decide what it is that we're going to do after this, Um, whether it's going to be, you know, getting back to work on, on that fourth game on this series or whether it's going to be um, uh, taking a break from this series and, uh, and working on the other one. So, yeah, so that means I have no timeline whatsoever at all. Okay, <laughs> okay well, no, that sounds fair enough. And um, there is one thing that I have meant to mention in the other episodes as well, and this goes for probably, I think, every major game developer, is if people play your games and they enjoy them to write reviews on Steam, that they help a lot, right? Absolutely. Please, yeah. please write reviews on Steam. It's just amazing how few reviews I, my games have on Steam. I, I go and I'm like, I know people are playing these games and no one is writing a review. It's, I mean, I understand because I play games and I don't write reviews. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the bad guys, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I, no, but I, I understand, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do when I think about it, but I generally, I don't, it's not something that comes to mind for me to go write a review after I play a game. So I understand, I understand, but please, please, um, when, when you play the game, if you're listening, uh, please, if you, if you at all uh, remember to, just uh, go, go write a review on Steam. That very much helps out, because when, when people go to that page and they see, like, a very small number of reviews, they think, well, this game, you know, nobody's playing it. It must be crap or whatnot, but it's not, not, not necessarily the case. It's just no one's gone to write reviews. 
right yeah now i mean it's same same goes for the podcast as well if people enjoy this podcast you can feel free to leave a review on itunes and or just let me know what what you think as well but i, I mentioned for all the other episodes as well so for any game or any game developer if you do really enjoy the game make sure to write uh, reviews as well because that help it and it can be just a couple of lines as well. They don't need to be paragraphs and paragraphs. <laughs> right, you, exactly. You, yeah. You don't need to write a novel and get depressed about it like in Novel Assimilator. <laughs> it can, <laughs> right. It, it, it can be just a few, few lines as well. But I'll be, because I, I mean to do it more myself for games that I play as well, just to try and help get the word out. Where can people find you online if they wanted to contact you? Ah, um, probably the best place to contact me is on twitter uh you can also email me i think um the steam page has a link to email me um and the, my web page does but really really twitter is a good way to contact me i'm on twitter every day i don't post as much as i should i really need to get get on that more i'm really bad at marketing really really bad at it <laughs> oh, but, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people are are the same that you, you want to you know make the games but then marketing is is, is the challenging part or the yeah you know, try to get time to do that it's <laughs> and yeah. um but i'm always it, on the twitter um you know reading about other games and all that kind of stuff i i follow the adventure game development community pretty closely on twitter and uh and do send me a message on there. It's probably the easiest way. Perfect. And then is there a website for Standoff Software as well? Yep, there is. Just standoffsoftware.com. Yep. Perfect. They can get all the games that we talked about there yep. as well. So well, you uh, can get them on Steam. There are links well. to them there. Yeah. Okay. You can yeah. buy them there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that's, that's it, at least from my end. I think we've, we've spoken about at least the main things that you're working on, you have worked on. So uh, to bring us to bring us out, is there anything you'd like to say to anybody listening then to finish this conversation? Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> buy my games, please, and leave reviews <laughs> on Steam. Yeah, kind of what we said, please check out your games and get right review on Steam. And if you do want to see Lutra City Mystery, to let you know as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would love to make that game. Um, one of the things I, I just need to see is that there's uh, a lot of interest from people uh, that they want to see it. And, you know, I'd totally get right on that. I, I, uh, I'd be excited about that. Perfect. And as we mentioned, the latest game that you've released is Leprechaun Shadow, which can be found on Steam and Itch.io. So, uh, well, thank you very much, Vance. It's been a real, real pleasure talking to you. And I hope that the two of us will definitely keep in contact because I'm very curious to know where you go from here and to check out yeah. your games as well. Um, yeah, and uh, so hopefully it won't be the last we'll hear of you, or at least I'll be talking about <laughs> any future games here. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I don't cease to exist. Hopefully, yeah, that, that sounded <laughs> terrible. I'm so sorry. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> oh my word that was that was that was not what i intended at all but yeah well done shorsha it's still morning over here it's uh, i'm still i'm still waking up apparently hopefully you will continue to exist hopefully you won't have as hard a life as the main character sir sir typhoon in your game oh, yeah. 
But um, yeah, I need to have a theme in my games. The main characters seem to have a lot of novelist simulator and archetypal. <laughs> Everybody's having a hard go of life, and I. I mean, ho- hopefully your life is is a lot better than <laughs> than in your yeah. games. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, definitely check out. You can check out your games on Second Life as well. That I will include links to yeah. as well. So, thank you very much, fans, and I hope to talk to you again soon. All right, great. Thanks for having me on. So that was my interview with Vance Barin of Standoff Software. I hope you enjoyed it. And once again, thank you to Vance for joining me. It was a real, real pleasure speaking to you, and I cannot wait to see what he does next and in future. Now, next week, I'll once again be joined by Thomas and Laura, as we'll be discussing the latest adventure games we've been playing, which include, hopefully, Finding the Secrets of Jesus. We will also be going deep into the Indonesian jungle, as we discuss Sumatra, Fate of Yandi. And we will also be discussing Interrogation. So I hope to find out as much as possible about that game from Thomas and Laura. So until then, thanks again for joining me and have a great weekend and a great week, everyone. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now you can also follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at advent game pod and follow me on facebook at adventure games podcast you can also follow me on instagram at adventure games podcast as well and we're also on discord at adventure games podcast so if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player you can follow us there so again please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you